0: To I Love That For You, the podcast celebrating the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Kelly. And I'm Red. Red. We're going to set a new record because we're literally 20 seconds in and we have a karaoke update. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've actually been waiting on this and you would not tell me anything.
0: Because this is the music episode. So this is actually finally applicable to what we're talking about. Last night was the LGBTQIA plus week of Karaoke League. Yay! As we record this, it's Pride Month. But you know, as this comes out, it'll probably be August. So I, as I mentioned, we did Crocodile Rock. We did Macho Man and we did Don't Rain on My Parade. And And we were against the hardest team, the pink team. They have won every single matchup, okay? So we had no expectations. We were just having fun. Mm -hmm. Guess who motherfucking won! (laughs) boo (laughs) boo It was like we had won the World Series or like the Super Bowl. Like I swear to God. It was insane. Like we were screaming, we were hugging, we were crying. We weren't crying, but it was oh just my God. it was I cannot believe we won. I think we lost Crocodile Rock because they had um for their second one, Divine. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. She killed it. Like she dragged it up she killed it i think the song was filthy gorgeous oh, filthy well, gorgeous it has to be yeah
1: okay miss oh every time i show up we lose i'm telling you these
0: theater kids are they bring it you cannot fuck around i feel like i'm just like a i'm a fly on the wall let's put it that way <laughs> these people are so inspiring and really dedicated and i just want to be better and get to their level <laughs> Do I even have to ask? Do you have any updates? Uh,
1: update do I even go into right now? I mean, I have officially accepted going back to school to go study makeup. I'm so excited. And I've decided I'm also going to be writing about this whole experience. So I think when we release this is probably when I will announce that I have a sub stack as well. Because I know... I'm so inspired by you're speaking of being inspired by the performers. I'm inspired by Kelly, who's Aww, just writing the substack that she has. And I'll pay you later. <laughs> I pay you. That's how that works. Okay, <laughs> okay. yes. Thank you. <laughs> um no, and it's worth it to read it. And I mean, I've been wanting to kind of write more of my own personal work just because between this and between my now three jobs and oh also other writing gigs and just trying to live life and preparing to leave the country and go to school and study makeup and all that other stuff. I just, I haven't had the time to really focus on my yeah, or, own writing. Or dating. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> My God, I like it's it's shocking to me that like I don't even have like the desire right now to start something with someone new. I mean, things have ended between the person <gasps> we spoke about. No. It was yeah, I liked it just...
0: him. He was Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> we liked him. He was Switzerland with puns. No, I know,
1: but it just i it seemed like there was a bit of miscommunication going on, and then there was just some weirdness just in some of that communication somebody might have been under the influence of something and saying something Mm -hmm. i will not say who (laughs) that was i wonder (laughs) i mean there's a 50 50 chance it was me but we don't know for sure wink wink and so the other person just asked for some space and so the other person was very kind to do that, and it's kind of just gone kaput from there. I'm um, sorry. It's okay. I, you know, I don't want to badmouth this person because again, they just were probably having some fun, and with some of the things that they were saying, and I just, I have enough things going yeah, on right <laughs> now. Yeah, <laughs> that's that an understatement. I don't need more. The nonsense I want is my nonsense. I don't need someone else's <laughs> nonsense. <laughs>
0: Yours and cabooses.
1: I I want the nonsense that goes with my nonsense, you know, that kind of <laughs> romance. And their nonsense just wasn't compatible. So
0: uh. But I very wish few well. are very few are compatible with you <laughs> they well, gotta keep up with you you're too impressive and you have too much going on so I think honestly it's for the best that you like wean off and don't even bother with that I know. nonsense
1: but the thing is it's also so early in like don't worry I'm not over here like blasting my you know breakup music or anything like that of anything i'm just doing so many pump up jams and like because again i'm just like going for everything i heard recently this person talking about how they're looking at their life from season three as though right now it's season three that's the season when everything's getting good i like i like that i really do too and just like that you know every i forgot what podcast i heard it on but somebody was saying like oh yeah like the struggle I'm going through right now, it's okay. This is season three. So like this is this twist. You gotta have a good twist that's coming in because something really good is gonna pay off from this. And I'm like, okay. That's when the season really comes into its own. Typically, like season one, they're figuring things out. Season two is where they kind of introduce like maybe new characters that do a new like turn of things. And then season three is when they really hit their stride. I'm trying to think of it more like I mean, right now, this podcast is currently in season one we are figuring things out but we're aiming towards that season three energy of just oh yeah this is getting good (laughs) i think we're already killing it
0: red i'm gonna pat ourselves on the back (laughs) right you know we're getting ahead of it and uh summertime so with that comes lots of uh watch this segue. Lots of things such as music festivals and vacations and socializing and did I say music?
1: Wink, wink. Oh, Captain, my captain, you have outdone the lieutenant.
0: (laughs) That's why I'm the captain. And that's why you're the lieutenant. You are my
1: captain. (laughs) See, I will back you up. That's what I do with my transitions normally, but you just.
0: I led that (laughs) charge. So, I wanted to talk about our history with music and musical instruments, concert going, all that. So, for starters, I did not know that you too play or played violin. I that did. was news to me. How um, long did you play?
1: So it was so funny because I saw a photo um, from one of your Substack articles where you're playing a violin. I was like, "Oh my god, were was I the girl next to you?" Like, what the heck? <laughs> um, I played for about I want to say four or five years. Oh um, wow! Okay. Yeah, like started in elementary school, went through all middle school, and then I started it in high school and then was like, no. I... Not for you. Oh, I was always the B part. Like, yeah. I never... Oh, Second violin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never
0: you add dimension to the orchestra that we yeah. would not
1: have an orchestra without second violin it's true it's true but i will say also on top of that before that very briefly and even worse than the violin uh i played guitar and you did <gasps> too yes so those are my two instruments it's so funny so i i
0: played violin uh, i think the same year as i started guitar like and i was like nine or ten um, i picked up both why not Give me all the string instruments Um, because my brother had like moved out or recently moved out for college and left his guitar behind. And I was like, Oh, what's this thing? Oh, Okay. And so I just started teaching myself, and then I finally went and got proper lessons and really uh, did that for so long, and then ended up being like the first, I think, the first female jazz guitarist in my high school's jazz band. We weren't good, but the fact that I was the first, and I know many came after me, I was like, okay, that's something. Um, and then violin, I was actually, I'm not going to brag or anything, but I was pretty good. I, I was next to the first chair, so I was in that first row next to the first chair, so so they hid me in the back, back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was never that good I there's my brother has a very distinct memory of me trying to practice upstairs and being like where can I go in the house to hide from that this was
0: place. the worst like as you were learning did you have to do like the 20 to 30 minute practice a day and have oh, your parents course. sign off yeah and my of parents I didn't did. give a shit but
1: <laughs> oh same. I was a goody
0: two-shoes so I probably did but oh boy those early years
1: I think my parents signed it, but didn't actually check if I did it or not. And I tried to, but I just, again, I was not. I can read music. I understand, like, I logically understand how it works. But for some reason, I just, maybe it was because I felt more awkward back then of trying yeah. to learn something new. And just how bad when someone plays a violin badly. Run
0: for the hills. Like, it that is, is one
1: torture. Of... I mean, people <laughs> say, like, certain instruments, which I disagree with, but certain instruments, like the bagpipes, are annoying. No, a badly played violin. Is just it's it's a form of torture, (laughs) and I subjected my family to that for too long. I wish I was better, and so I'm so impressed. Okay, so
0: why? Thank you. Yes, so I I did that, and uh, yeah, I'm classically trained and know all the theory stuff. And I'm such a dork that you know I would go to music camp, uh, you know, over the summer and music lessons over the summer. And I was in every single in my senior year, every single band. So I was in like I had like three periods of just band and orchestra (laughs) Wow! Um, so that was like my life for a lot of it I was I kind of crossed between like the the sports world and like the music world I was like one of those I was still a dork but those were my two like worlds I lived in and then um, I would go (laughs) this was the dorkiest thing of all but it inspired one of everybody's favorites uh, favorite scripts of mine it's called this one time at which is band camp. My dad and I would go every summer to this band camp that is no longer, it it went bankrupt, but it was called the national guitar workshop. And it is in new Milford, Connecticut at the Canterbury school. I think I shouted that out in an earlier episode, but we would go every year and had some of the like fondest memories of just immersive weeks of doing band camp and meeting cool adults and kids of all ages from across the country and the world um and oh i cherish those memories so much but yeah that inspired uh, one of my scripts that everybody seems to get a kick out
1: of it's very like high school musical um Aww. but you had me worried for a moment because when you said this one time at and then said me and my dad i went are we <laughs> what did your dad catch you doing at Ben? Ba- oh, ban-
0: i did have a little summer fling <laughs> <laughs> yes it was hard when your dad's there. It's like, what can you right. really get away
1: with? And I was also going to say, how old were you? Like, college <laughs> years. So that's even oh. weirder because oh, it was actually okay.
0: a little older than you'd think because everybody, it's all ages. So it was like, yeah, very, um, a lot of, you know, 18 to 22 year olds. And then the, oh, it's a lot of dads, obviously, with their millions of dollars of equipment and, and instruments and time on their hands, and uh, the, the camp wasn't cheap, so uh, no, but you also yeah.
1: have like people who can afford to do that, and 18 to 20-something-year-old boys who are at their absolute
0: horniest. Oh, end. yes, <laughs> 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 oh, such fun! I just miss that so much, but yeah, it was such a big part of my life, and then I guess it only makes sense that, um. I tried out drums, actually, one of the summers there. And it, and that leads me to why it makes sense. I ended up with the drummer in Sean. <laughs> I Aww. married a musician. And that was oh. his whole life. And is his whole life, is music. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm going to take away from this. I'm totally like, I okay. normally you're like the one who I'm kind of reeling in. And today I'm being the chaos agent and just like being like, <laughs> oh, you know this story? Oh, how about that? But I will say the cutest and I think one of the best like ways I think we've already talked about this but for your wedding just having Sean dance with his mom while you and your dad sang for them played for them thank you That was was just like I wanted to steal that but as you know I'm not that talented (laughs) that is a good singer like at some point I was very nervous
0: I was very nervous. It was the thing I was most nervous about the entire day, like not memorizing my vows, not the first dance, which Sean was the most nervous about. I was really nervous about that. That's (laughs) a very good sign, by the way. Because my dad is, his first instrument is definitely not guitar. Like it's, it's, He's very good at uh, every other thing <laughs> but guitar. <laughs> he's very good at piano. He plays saxophone. He plays bass. He plays flute. Like, he plays everything. He's like a jack of all trades, a master of none, except I'd say piano. Like, he's really good at, but guitar, not necessarily his thing. So, he had to play guitar in this. So, I was really nervous for him. Daniel, um, shout out to you if you're listening. Sean's best man. He's, he's a, like, basically a pro. Like, he was awesome. But then I had, we had to, like, rehearse and find time to do that before the wedding when I'm already stressed and um, put it all together last minute and then cut it down. I think it turned out really well. Yeah, I, I have a video of it.
1: After they played, they both stepped down. Daniel kept playing so that they came down and joined. However, it seems that this part was not rehearsed because (laughs) there was a particular moment where Kelly's dad spun her and out loud Kelly went, what is this?
0: (laughs) And Sean's like, oh, we got to move out of the way.
1: (laughs) So funny. But that was so sweet was the thing too. And very honest and very just like it showed like your relationship too because as funny as that was it was you could tell it was very sweet and you were just like I'm going with this but what are you doing
0: I was like we need to find a way to not do a dance but do a dance you know what I mean I was like all right (laughs) let's get him on stage and get like maybe 30 seconds of dancing in and that's it (laughs) that was the best of both worlds to combine them (laughs) so did that and then of course tom kenny and the high seas shout out to them sean sat in on drums with them for a couple songs and he used to play with them so that's i got that video too it was great
1: tom kenny had a certain note that i realized it was spongebob oh you didn't know no i didn't know and then (gasps) okay there was a note i was like why do i know this voice and you you turned to me and you went tom you mean spongebob
0: (laughs) you not know yeah I guess I mean we we weren't advertising it it's probably not in good taste to do that
1: (laughs) right but at the same time they were fantastic and there's oh my god I was so impressed like the music like you have such good taste in music and you like so for them to like it totally fit your vibe, all the music that you guys chose, even when you left the ceremony to the Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> theme song, like Frolic, all choices. Yeah.
0: Life and marriage, a good circus, one. rewinding a little bit, what was your first concert and then talk about your, like, what your genre tastes has changed into and then also if you're a festival person, I want to know, like, give me the background <laughs> on red and concerts and festivals and your genres, like, give me, give me the whole rundown.
1: Oh, God. So I will say my first concert is you're going to be like, I'm sorry, what? I can't because wait. Because was My Chemical Romance. <gasps>
0: um... Wait, that's everything. <laughs> wait, Stevie, if you're listening, Stevie, shout out to Stevie. Did you tell Stevie this? No. Stevie because, oh. is a diehard, like, she will follow them to the ends of the earth to see oh them. I think God. she saw them in Germany or one of those countries. Yeah, over the summer, last summer. Um well but continue. so
1: to be honest I didn't I was not a big concert person one because I could never really afford tickets fair but also I just you know I love so many different artists but I like a lot of artists who are more I mean as you know I like kind of oldies and things like that and a lot of those bands don't even exist anymore right. so I mean you can't go and see them but So yeah, my first concert was My Chemical Romance and a big component was that there was a local band called Monty R.I. that was opening for them. It just was uh a... local group and it just was a really great time and i definitely dressed as a little scene i need to look and see if i can find need to put that on my outfit oh my god (laughs) the skirt over the jeans the like you know bell oh yes my hair was just like and this was before i was red this was My natural hair color, so oh my god, I need all the acne, all the awkwardness. Oh yes, Yes. it was a time. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I need to see emo red, but um, I will say though, like since then, I've been to a few like concerts, a couple festivals. Like I like festivals more because it's about the music, but it's also about what's going on entirely, like what else is going on at the festival. So. And you can typically see multiple groups and you can go and like find other people and kind of it's about that socialization. Um, And you can have so much like there's options. I like I get concerts, but like, you know, I don't know if there's anyone that. I love, love, love to the point that because concert tickets now are so expensive uh, that I'm willing Swift. to drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> you need to well, sell your so left like,
1: kidney. Yeah. Right. You need to like, not only hopefully you get in to get one. <laughs> exactly. Then it's like at least a couple grand just to afford the ticket itself.
0: And the night out. Like, yeah, it's probably a couple grand. Oh. Th- didn't you tell me, wasn't there a family, some crazy number, like 24,000 or something? Is that you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like they dropped twenty five k. Oh my god! For one night, right? And oh. don't get me wrong, I, I know how incredibly epic those concerts are. Oh, but of 25K. course. Shut up. We love Taylor, but that's insane. Wait, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like my, that's more than what my program for school is going to cost me. Oh my god! And I, I think uh... she would totally say get an education over coming to see me perform i will do your makeup for free taylor oh that's right that's how you'll do it (laughs) i was gonna say that
0: yeah you can uh that's how you'll get into all these in the future you'll be their makeup artist
1: (laughs) right (laughs) absolutely but like that so i have like but don't get me wrong i love music and i appreciate music and when it's live also traveling and seeing like cultural music like i lived in ireland for a while and seeing like Just in pubs, people playing like traditional Irish music was incredible. And you won't find that in a recording as easily, you know? So there's so much to be said for concerts and festivals and live music and all that.
0: Yeah, my first concert was Christina Aguilera and who opened for them? Destiny's Child. I saw Beyonce before all y'all did.
1: But I just, my, sorry, I'm still wrapping my head around this because today, like, no offense to Christina, but I feel like the roles would be reversed if, like, oh, yeah. I know, know, who would Isn't open for crazy? who. Oh, that's my nuts!
0: God. Even then, I was like, she's a star, Beyonce. Like, why, how are they not opening, or how is Christina not opening <laughs> for Destiny's
1: Child? But Wow, what Beyonce. a concert. Yeah. my god. Like, just to say, like, also, tickets for that concert to happen now? You're no, right, Kidney. I, I feel like... <laughs> at least 25k for one seat like oh Oh, my
0: god i know and then it's funny at the same venue years later in my teenage years i would see blink 182 and get robbed (laughs) my purse someone got into my purse and stole my money which was i'm
1: putting out a rumor right now that blink 182 (laughs) stole kelly's purse yes
0: Um... travis barker you know what you did (laughs) uh you know in between that obviously I've been to so many Coachellas and Bonaroos and Lollapaloozas and now I feel old because that sounds like my worst nightmare
1: (laughs) I was about to say can we go and like just I mean I would love things being responsible but I would love
0: to see the 30 something version because I've only known it in my 20s and you know fucked up and like like almost feeling like you're gonna die in a field like (laughs) um and then the shenanigans and like hooking up and getting drunk and it's just like yeah I think I need to be uh in orthopedic shoes um very well hydrated (laughs) and home by nine (laughs) if I go today but I took Sean to his first and probably only Coachella back in 2019 and I think he had more fun than he let on like you know, it's not his scene. I get it. And it's, it's become more corporate. Obviously they always do. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of complaining about that, but I always have fond memories of Coachella and, you know, Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza, all those festivals. So yeah, I think red we're overdue for a festival visit together. I think we need to go.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And, um, not for nothing. I'll definitely still do the hookup thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure you're safe and then I'll leave. but uh yeah so and then of course j- the genre spans you know I uh, we were all emo kids right that's that's where we started <laughs> I think growing up that's oh, that God, was Mom, our it's era not a
1: phase it's not a phase. yeah
0: yeah and now it's just like I feel like yeah like like you I'm like listening to like Otis Redding and like <laughs> you know Doris Day and um <laughs> buddy holly like just i go back in time i just uh i don't know what any of the kids listen to nowadays except i'm i'm a big olivia Rodrigo fan so that's probably the only thing that i know (laughs) but um so all of this to say we are going to talk about somebody that was instrumental get it (laughs) wink wink to all of our favorite rock and rollers um and he is I had no idea of his story. I asked Sean, too, and, and he's a musician. He had no idea about this late bloomer. We're going to dig into somebody that we all sort of know but don't really know. He is a late-blooming accountant named Clarence Leonidas Leo Fender, as in Fender Instruments. Oh, I yes. Was, I was like, by the way, though, that name is epic isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, okay. Fender. So he, you know, Eric Clapton, Hendrix, uh, Buddy Holly, Lennon, John Mayer, Bonnie Raitt, legends all span three generations. And, and what they have in common was that they all favor the legendary Fender instruments conceived by this late blooming accountant, Clarence Leo Fender. And I had no idea this guy's life is crazy. So where we'll begin is Leo Fender was born in a barn, <laughs> not far from Disneyland, on August tenth, nineteen oh nine. His parents grew oranges, melons, and vegetables, and sold their goods from a truck.
1: How hmm. quaint! Was he born? No, in the barn, not the truck. Okay, in the, yeah,
0: <laughs> not the truck. But maybe he was conceived in the. Maybe he was conceived in the truck. Oh
1: God! <laughs> now I don't want those melons. No. Come
0: on. no, and. From an early age, little old Leo, he loved tinkering. At age 13, he visited his uncle's, like, auto shop in Santa Maria, and he became mesmerized by a spare parts radio that his uncle had built and, like, the loud music playing from it. And so already here, like, his passion was born. However, as many of us can relate to, I think, this is something, a very common theme. When the Depression started, he declared an accounting major. So already resigning himself to doing something practical over following like the passion, which I feel like a lot of us can sometimes fall into. So after graduation, Leo joined the Consolidated Ice and Cold Storage Company as a delivery man and eventually became their bookkeeper. So completely 180 from his passion into the, you know, secure, sexy world of accounting. (laughs)
1: Oh, baby, say it slow. I know.
0: (laughs) So after this, in 1934, he married Esther Klotzley, and
1: they moved to San Luis Obispo. Love it. I could see myself having a chicken named Esther. Come on. (laughs) That's a great name.
0: Right. So, So he does this. He got an accounting job with the California Highway Department. But, and here's where we relate to good old Leo again, you and I read, and many others right now. After six months with the depression at its height, he got laid off. Don't Aww. we know it? Poor Leo. Come
1: here, buddy. We're with you. I ya. know. Join the club. Also, also <laughs> the depression. Gee. Wait, so what year are we in? We're in 1934.
0: Okay. So really at the height. Uh, and we're kind of in one and we're in a recession.
1: So listen, I'm also in a depression, but this is a dopamine podcast, Red. We're all uh-huh, uh-huh. we're going to be no, no, positive. No. Hey, somebody heard that and laughed. <laughs>
0: so we're bringing joy to you and you're going to like it. Or they rolled okay. their eyes, but they like Yeah, it. or they rolled their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so Leo finds himself like us. He got laid off. And this happened a few more times. Also very relatable mm-hmm. before Leo borrowed $600. Red, Guess how much $600 was back then?
1: How much is that worth? Oh, so that's so in 1934 he borrowed yeah. $600, so in today's money um it is a car. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's around it's 13k. He borrowed 13k. Whoever that was, it doesn't doesn't say, but Kudos to you. It was his you, best
1: friend. His, yeah, let's like, just say it was yeah. his best
0: friend. Uh, and he God. headed home to open the Fender Radio Shop in Fullerton. However, Then, as we had mentioned, we're in the 30s, time has passed. World War II broke out, so factories stopped making radios to make weapons. However, old parts were plentiful, so Leo's business boomed. Plus, music lifted everyone's spirits, and in the 1940s, especially, like, war bond dances were very popular. Like, people would be to sing and dance and buy bonds to support the troops. So, Leo gains this following in the big band circles. He's building these acoustic guitar amps and public address systems. So, he profits big from the war. The Mm -hmm. success takes on poignancy when you know why he couldn't be drafted. Because at age 8, guess what happened to Leo? Leo lost his right eye. He wore a glass eye his entire life. He developed a tumor at age oh. eight, resulting in his eye having to be removed and replaced with the glass eye, which made him ineligible for the draft. I mean,
1: on the one hand, it's a good thing he didn't get drafted. And on another good hand, he now has a <laughs> cool party trick. You're to- <laughs> <He> not <done it. laughs> kidding. This it
0: may have never, he would have never maybe formed Fender had it not been for right. he might have been drafted. It's crazy. So this leads us to now one day, a lap steel guitar Player named doc kaufman wandered into leo's radio shop to have his amp repair kaufman he once worked for rickenbacker guitars if you know the beatles that's a big thing they played as mm-hmm. rickenbackers uh, and the two talked about how to build a better electric guitar so in we're now in 1944 leo and doc applied for a patent on a guitar pickup and they formed a joint venture funded by a design for a record changer that they sold for five thousand dollars How much is $5,000 in 1944? How much was it? $86,399. Where is all this money? (gasps) That's that's a good chunk of change. So they sold that. But then, you know, they had a few tough years. Working from a shack behind Leo's shop. And then Doc sold the share of the business and returned to his Oklahoma ranch. But Leo Fender kept innovating. And soon he dominated the industry. And let me tell you, like, this guy's in his 40s. He didn't start this until his 40s. So this is where the late bloomer of it all is. Like, he... And if he had had a working eye, like, this may have never happened, which is... It's just crazy to think what may not have been. So, you know, his detriment was
1: really to his success. Kelly? So... <laughs> Kelly, yeah. Could we say he didn't see this coming? So sorry. I do <laughs> We all are seen impaired yes, listeners. Yes, we
0: apologize for Red's poor taste. <laughs> <sighs> me
1: and my dad are like, oh, sorry, we're not talking about that.
0: <laughs> he keeps innovating, and he soon dominates the industry. And this is in his 40s. So he didn't invent the solid body electric guitar, let me be clear, but he improved it. And he became the Henry Ford of the electric guitar by automating its manufacturer. So according to Les Paul, another electric guitar pioneer, Fender could look at something and immediately discern the simplest method of doing whatever had to be done. He was a good, honest guy who made a straightforward guitar. Now, Hmm. Leo's signature electric guitar had several incarnations starting in 1950. When he was 41, first there was the Esquire, then the Broadcaster, then the Telecaster, and finally, the iconic Stratocaster, which I'm sure even you've heard of. Yes, yes, famous Stratocaster. All the greats play the Stratocaster. Um, and it's really there with the Stratocaster, which was introduced in 1954, that that made Fender a household name. So this is when he's 45. Uh, it was the first guitar to feature three pickups in a spring tension vibrato system. You know, that good old like wah, wah, wah sound. hmm um, and it was also the first fender with the contoured body, but then, but then Red, another tragedy clouded the Stratocaster's success no. because just a year before, as several employees repaired an amplifier, Leo stuck his head into the cabinet to check the wiring. Someone flipped the switch.
1: No the speaker
0: screeched into Leo's ears, shattering his eardrums. So Leo lost most of his hearing. So he's now down an eye and most of his hearing. A oh devastating God. injury for a man who loved music and the musicians who played his creations. Isn't that yeah. just tragic? Like, That's awful. Ugh, like, I well, can't believe. Ugh, shattered his eardrums. Fortunately, you know, later advances in hearing aids would improve his situation. But still, very, very sad. Very tragic. But that didn't stop him. I mean, he was a workaholic. Like, by 1964, he was ill. He was exhausted. You know, d- doctors diagnosed him with a severe staph infection. They said it was incurable. And so he decided to sell the company and wind up his affairs so his wife, Esther, wouldn't have to deal with them. Oh. So, interestingly, like, CBS bought the Fender Electric Instrument Manufacturing Company for $13 million, and he signed a 10-year non-compete agreement. So in 1974, with the aid of rest and strong antibiotics, he came out of retirement to head the Music Man Company, <laughs> and he was 65 Ooh. years old, which is adorable, the Music Man Company. So he's 65, coming out of retirement, when most people go into retirement, <laughs> right. which is insane. Unfortunately, you know, 1979, Esther passed away after a long Aww. battle with lung cancer, even though neither she nor Leo smoked, and a year later... He met Phyllis Dalton through George Fullerton and his wife. Phyllis was the corporate VP 25 years his junior with three children from a previous marriage. And they married on September 20th, 1980 on the love boat, the actual ship. Using the TV show. Oh. (laughs) In her memoir, Phyllis revealed that Leo liked the way Elvis played his Fender guitar and bass, but not the way he shook his hips. Leo also hated that Jimi Hendrix smashed his Stratocasters and set them on fire. Those were his children, and it pained him to see somebody beat it until it was smashed up completely, set fire to it, or just being horrible to it. Those were
1: his children. (laughs) Hold on. And backing up one quick thing. So speaking of children, so he has all the guitars, and then... His second wife, Phyllis? Had three kids, but he three never kids. had children
0: himself. No. With
1: Esther, okay. Nothing. So. so now we're in
0: 1985. He formed G&L Musical Instruments with his friend George Fullerton. And Leo made millions of dollars. But what I love about him is he always remained a humble inventor. Like his mm. coffee mug was a styrofoam cup with Leo printed on it. He <laughs> brought his lunch to work every day because... He said, with the money I save eating these sandwiches, I can buy a handful of resistors. <laughs> his employees, they loved him. He showed up at G&L every day despite a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease near age 75. And on March 21st, 1991, Phyllis found him, unfortunately, on the floor of his bedroom. He uh, mm. he had gotten up for work, but, you know, he had, he had passed away from a heart attack uh, at age 81. Good run. Good yeah. run. And G&L, Leo's last company, still makes instruments in Leo's beloved hometown of Fullerton. The current owners simply closed the door on Leo's office and lab the day he died, and the factory remains much how Leo designed it. Phyllis, she served as honorary chairman of G&L. She oh. often volunteered at the Fullerton Museum, where she shared stories about her life with Leo. And then, you know, on July 22nd, 2020, the world lost an icon in Phyllis Fender, but she died at age 85. Yeah.
1: Very yeah, good run. Oh. And um, also, she waited till after my birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> so despite losing his eye, detouring into accounting, getting laid off, and enduring near deafness, Leo Fender turned his teenage passion for tinkering into an empire like almost every song seared into our hearts for three generations lives because of Leo who finally found his groove in his 40s and get this red he never learned how to play or even tune a guitar (laughs) oh my god so Leo Fender I love that for you he never learned how to play or tune a guitar. It's kind
1: of insane. Well, <laughs> he was making these guitars before he went. Like that's how interesting is that too? That you have somebody who's so passionate about like making these instruments and yet never plays it himself. Yeah, like there's something very poetic about it of being like, as you said, instrumental in you know, creating something that other musicians would take and create such incredible music from. And yet. Yeah. Wow.
0: So like how inspiring. And like, we can all relate. Like sometimes we go into the safe path versus the artistic one or the, what, you know, whatever your heart says because of family or your means, or you're just scared. And mm-hmm. he did that. He got laid off many times and, and, and then just circled back to what his true passion was, which is kind of what we're doing here, Red. Like we we started this out of like, you know, let's do something for ourselves, and um, we do it for free, but we love it. And right. I don't know if our day to day work, you know, while we enjoyed it, was as fulfilling as like starting something of our own, which is what he did. So I just saw a lot of ourselves in Leo. So
1: I love that for you, Leo Fender. Yeah, and what an inspiration. And just also, like, knowing that sometimes being a part of a project, like, or some kind of work or, you know, creation, you don't have to be, like, as much as, obviously, Fender guitars are a huge part. He's not the rock star. He's not the one playing it. He's the one. But by giving musicians that ability to have the instrument to play, he's a part of something and like his name lives on. That's a legacy that's built there. And Huge. that's, Oh, Ugh. I love that so much.
0: Leah, we love you. Thank you for inspiring us and giving us three generations worth of just legendary rock icons and
1: cementing rock and roll. Uh, he's a rock star to me. He's a rock star. I,
0: yeah. You know, yeah. Founder, you're a rock star and guess what listeners so are you we love that for you so please email us at i love that for you pod at gmail.com follow us on instagram at i love that for you pod anything else red
1: just want to say yeah keep enjoying the music and we'll see you next time bye bye
0: Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb. edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at pod at gmail.com. Or join us on Instagram at I love that for you pod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love. And if you want to help support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.